0: This is 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. And now, with their always informative and often entertaining take on the sports news of the day, here are Jonathan Ragus and Jim Williams.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. I am your host, as always, Jonathan Ragus. Joining me, my partner in crime... Jim Williams. What's going on, man?
0: I am your PIC up in this uh, J-O-B. Because
1: you're you down with it. O-P-P, because you know me.
0: Uh, Yeah, Uh, I'm Caucasian, so I'll go I on. I forgot, to
1: man. You're a, you're a 90s child.
0: I'm, you know, it's funny you say that. I mean, I was born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s, but my love is the 80s music. So
1: I mean... Absolutely. It's got to be, man. It's the best Wake me up
0: before you go. Go, okay, that's a stretch. Not really that. Don't
1: leave uh, Oh, no, forget
0: it. Yeah, we've got a lot to get to on this show, and uh, we've we've expanded it potentially a little longer than we may need to, uh, than we usually do, if necessary, to cover a lot of topics, because let's think about this. We have to recap a Monday Night Football game where, well, I hate to toot my own horn, but
1: I called it! Yeah, you took the... uh... The best of the lesser two evils, man.
0: But. But, but I'll tell you, I was, I was very surprised by the performance of the newest quarterback in the stable of the Minnesota Vikings franchise, and not surprised in a good way, and I don't fault him either. I have to say, mentality. you
1: know what, I was more surprised at the overall of all the teams. To be honest, in, in my mind, I mean, you know, sure. and of course, we'll get to that in, in just a minute. So,
0: Yeah, we, we've got that. We've got uh, tonight, Game 1, World Series. We'll talk about that. We will preview the series. We will look at many aspects of it, including Mumbles the Mayor in Boston, inserting Foot into Mouth. He, he He's called somebody Will Cock in the past. Vince Wilfork is Vince Wilcock. He's called Gronk Gonk. He has called, uh, he, he is confusing Adam, he's confused Adam Vinatieri, ticker, for Jason Veritek in the past. You're a Western man. Yes, he is. He's a crumb bum. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be quite frank and honest when we play the clip from him. You're going to say he is a lush coward.
1: Oh, man.
0: We'll also talk about the St. Louis mayor who really is a coward. <laughs> And what uh, what he what, how he has a lack of testic- testicular fortitude when it comes to, uh, you know, thinking his team's going to win it all after a previous bet and what have you. All that, plus we're going to do a little round ball rock, a little uh, fire on ice, as the kids used to say back in the day, and more. But we want you to join us, okay? That's the kicker. Now, there are three ways, three easy ways to win big here. I mean, uh, three easy ways to contact us. We have a chat room on the 24-7 Sports Hub show page, the one you're listening to us on probably right now. So if you sign in via Facebook or what have you, uh, Blog Talk Radio, you won't just be a guest, and we appreciate the guests who join in, but if you're a guest, they don't let you chat. So just sign in through that, and boom, there you go. You can chat with us, and if you have a question or comment, we just might read it on the air, gosh darn it. Better yet, if you uh, have a phone which I think most Americans do in this day and age. I don't know. Do they? Well, you know, the, you know, tin cans, Campbell's soup cans, and string. Is
1: can
0: of corn. corn. Can of corn. Of corn. You can give us a call. Reach out and touch us. Or touch John, because he needs to be touched by an angel. 347-237-5373. Tell us about what you think is going to happen in the World Series, what you think will happen in the World Series over the course of the next week and a half, or any of the topics we broach on the uh Program this afternoon, three four seven two three seven five three seven three, or you could always click to Skype. That's a great way to get to us too. But right now, John, I'll turn the floor to you because we got to talk about that Monday night football.
1: We absolutely do, and guess what? The Giants are no longer a winless team. They are. See, now
0: I don't hate you, Giants. What I do,
1: but and you know. six on the season now after a twenty-three seven win over the now one in five minnesota vikings the story here though the debut of two different players Pey- uh, peyton hillis for the giants uh 18 carries 36 yards and a touchdown the touchdown helped them josh freeman though that was the bigger one the debut with him from the vikings 20 of 53 190 yards zero touchdowns one interception for a 40.6 rating but also a- a- adrian peterson uh once again, uh, really not showing up here. 13 carries, 28 yards. So that didn't help Minnesota as well. What did you think of this game, Jim?
0: I feel for Josh Freeman because I don't think he's nearly as bad as his performance showed. No. He he isn't. I I think some of it's play calling. Yeah, I you think know, a
1: new team, play calling, new playbook. I mean, it was, a, it, was, it was his first game. I mean, you have to at least. You, you have to cut him of, some
0: slack. Yeah. You have to cut him a little bit of slack. At least he
1: was spreading the ball around.
0: Uh yeah two three four five six seven eight nine different uh, Vikings caught balls
1: including yeah. Joe Webb you threw a two once
0: you know <laughs> you know Joe Webb the off forgotten Vikings quarterback in this whole mix um, but but I think the bigger issue and you you mentioned it sort of in passing but not is Adrian Peterson um and, and I'm not trying to you know discount the fact that he's gone through a lot emotionally the last couple of weeks, but how is it they're not giving him the ball at least 20 times a game? I don't get that.
1: It it really baffled me that they threw 53 times with Freeman, but I was wondering myself if they knew already, listen, we only have one win in the season, we're going into week eight, are we going to make the playoffs? Most likely not. Should we just let Freeman just air it out and see what we got for the future with him, and is he worth resigning?
0: Yeah, I mean, you only have precious few weeks to uh, to take a look at what you have in this instance, and uh, they've done that, I guess, for lack of better terms, in uh, this quote-unquote contest. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: it, it's... Uh, and I mean, Freeman... The
1: window of opportunity is really, really slim with Peterson, you know, going to be 29 years old. So
0: and, and this just in, things are not going to get any easier. I do believe the Vikings are playing a very good team this week, and Freeman is going to be the quarterback uh, against this team. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll get yeah. to that in a minute, So
0: little, little Sunday night affair, and here's a little hint. It's not... But good. the good news for
1: Giants fans is Eli Manning didn't throw an interception.
0: He played a clean game, not an Eli game, but a clean game. 23-39 for 200 yards on the dot and one touchdown. Again, not setting the world on fire, but that's okay. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He didn't need to set the world on fire. Um, You know, Fumbles uh, caught up with the Vikings a little bit as well and uh, what have you. The turnover game, an interception picked up uh, uh, by the Giants. They won the turnover battle. They won the time of possession battle. Naturally, they won the game. It was uh, it was pretty uh, uh, simple as that. And it's not like, and let's give a little credit here in a losing effort to the Vikings offensive line. It's not like Freeman was in a position where, you know, he was being hurried, rushed, and sacked no. a million times. He only got sacked once, if I'm not mistaken, in the entire game. Correct. Uh, it's just he's rusty. You have a couple of weeks off because. The Buccaneers showed you a callous lack of uh, lack of respect, and these things happen. It's going to take time. Of the quarterbacks on the depth chart, the quarterbacks who are currently on on roster in Minnesota, he's the better one. He's the best of a poo-poo platter bunch for lack of better terms. I just yeah, you know you know what? Times. I don't
1: put the uh, loss solely on Josh Freeman's shoulders, no. at least not right now. If he continues to go this route, then, you know, it might be a little different down the line. But, you know, when you're not getting anything from Adrian Peterson, you're, you know, you're targeting guys like Greg Jennings, you know, 10 times and he can only haul in four times. I mean, you know, a couple of drop passes here and there as well. So it's it's a shame. You know, I, I honestly told you I was going to pick the Vikings, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants won. And the Giants did win and they won big this game. And, uh it is what it is. I mean, it's two terrible teams playing each other. So
0: it is what it is, and it's a one-game lead in the head-head pickums between you and me. For me, so that's it, all that it,
1: matters. It is right now. You lead uh, 63 to 43 to my 62 and 44 record.
0: But we're both doing good on this, and we're you still know. better than the supposed experts.
1: We are. So let's, you know what? Let's get to the week eight games, and uh, let's see who could, uh, if if one of us could take a bigger lead, or if uh, once again we're gonna end up being one game apart. I mean, it seems to be that way so far this it, year.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we we differ on very few games, and maybe that'll change this week. I'm not sure. We have a smaller slate of games because more teams are on buys. Uh, 13 games, if my math is correct, uh, in week number eight. I-, I still can't believe we're already at the halfway point almost.
1: It's baffling. Baffling me. All right, so let's get into the Thursday night game, and that is the Carolina Panthers taking on the 0-6 Tampa Bay Buccaneers down in Tampa Bay. Carolina has the line by six. No-brainer?
0: It's funny you say no-brainer because if I end up watching this game, I will have no brain. <laughs> I will lose brain cells. You couldn't pay me an odd uh, the life. You paid me what, you know, Mayoc well, and... You know, here's Netflix. my
1: question. Is this Tampa Bay's best,
0: best chance to win? Yes. Short term, I'd have to say yes. Because Mike
1: didn't look too bad in the last game.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mike Lennon wasn't that bad, but, uh, again, this is like the Monday Nighter. You've got two teams that are not very good. Yeah. And yes, Carolina has been trending up the last couple of weeks, but I still think there's an anomaly within the success the last two weeks. Begrudgingly, I'll pick Carolina, but it's going to be an ugly game. It's not going to be pretty. Not going to be worth watching either. Really. Yeah.
1: Well, we said that last week, and then uh, you know what? They showed up again, Carolina, to get, you know to get another win. So uh, going to pick Carolina as well in this one. I just I honestly don't think Tampa Bay is a good team. Um, I don't think Greg, you know, Shiano's a good coach. I think uh, he's going to be gone and back in college after this season. Come back to Rutgers. They need the help. Oh, God. Yeah, somebody does. Yeah. It's not going to be uh, Tampa Bay, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's get to Sunday's games because we will not have a show on Friday, so we are picking all of the week.
0: We are picking, week- and if you don't like it, mm,
1: sorry. Con- please, please continue to listen. Please. All right, the New York Jets, 4-3. In Cincinnati, taking on the 5-2 and two Bengals. It's going to be a good one.
0: It is going to be a good good one. It's it's a tough one for me to call to a certain extent, but I'm going to lean towards Cincinnati. I think the A.J. Green-Andy Dalton connection is going to be too much. Uh, I think we've got the makings of a shootout here,
1: don't you? It could very well be, but it also comes down to which Andy Dalton are we getting? Which Geno Smith are we getting? Are we going to get the Geno Smith that you know helped lead the Jets to an upset victory over the New England Patriots and the one that won on Monday Night Football against the Atlanta Falcons? Or are we going to get the one that stunk it up against Pittsburgh two weeks ago? Which Andy Dalton are we getting? Are we going to get the guy that's going to throw for 300-plus yards and three touchdowns, which he, which he has over the last two weeks? Or in that win over New England... If you're just going to throw for 200 yards, no touchdowns, and nothing going on. Mm-hmm. That's the real kicker here. Are the Jets going to get something out of Chris Ivory again, who rushed over for 100 times last week? Jeremy Curley's a good weapon for the Jets. Ben Jarvis Ellis, is he going to rush for some good yardage against the Jets' defense? Who knows? That's what it's really going to come down to is both defenses and the quarterbacks. I'm going to say Cincinnati, once again, hoping I eat my pick like I did last week, and I was I was glad to do it. But I am gonna say Cincinnati.
0: Now when you when you eat your pick, what kind of sauce do you like to eat it with?
1: You should put a little ketchup on it.
0: Yeah, man, no no mild wing sauce, no nah, marinara. Nah, nah, nah.
1: Not a wing a... guy. Not a wing guy. So I you know what, I I don't go that route.
0: See, I I'm a wuss. I, I, I'm a boneless wing guy, which is the equivalent of a bigger, plumper chicken nugget.
1: Hey, listen. Ain't nothing wrong with chicken nuggets, man.
0: Ain't nothing wrong with that.
1: All right, let's get into this, and uh, it's the Dallas Cowboys going to Detroit to take on the four and three lines. We're gonna to get to a Dallas Cowboys story right after our picks, okay? Uh, yeah. which is pretty pretty funny, had us laughing, a little ridiculous. But Jim, where are you going with this one?
0: This is a tough one to call again. you says the theme here, boys and girls. Um, I'm going to begrudgingly go with Detroit because it's the matchup, and we're going to lead into the story, it's going to be pretty much focused on Megatron versus Des Bryant. Who has the bigger game? Yeah. I'm going to lean with Detroit because I think the X factor, again, is going to be Reggie Bush. If Reggie Bush can even get 75 or 80 yards on the ground in the game on mm-hmm. Sunday, Detroit wins this football game. Yeah. So I'm going with Detroit, although I think it could go either way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go with Detroit as well. I don't really necessarily think it's going to go either way, though. I, I really don't. I think Detroit's going to win this, uh, and they're going to win it by uh, at least a possession or two. And, it, you know, it comes down to Romo versus Stafford. Detroit has the better rushing. DeMarco Murray has just been... Well,
0: he's been injured. He's been banged up. He's yeah, been... You
1: know, but yeah, but you know what? Even when he's playing, even in the beginning of the season, he's been pretty much non-existent. Um, I, I, I got to go at Megatron over Bryant. I have to go at Reggie Bush over the running backs for the Cowboys. So well, I honestly don't think... You have to. to.
0: You don't have to. Have to. This is America. You can do whatever you want. Well,
1: I have to, man. I have to. This is a pick that I totally believe in. So vote for the Detroit.
0: This message brought to you by Jonathan Raggis. Welcome to campaign season,
1: kids. I'm Chris Christie, and I approve this message.
0: No, you're not that fat.
1: That's true. You're, that's not, you're, not,
0: you're not the governor campaigning to be president while still campaigning to be governor, if you get what I'm saying. I'm Frank
1: and berry and I approve this message.
0: <laughs> Frank and berry for president, Yeah. All right,
1: let's get to this one. Uh, Cleveland Browns 3-4. and four. Cleveland Browns starting Jason Gamble this weekend against the 7-0 and Kansas City Chiefs. First, Jim, I have to ask you, where are you going to go with this one? But I want you to answer as well. How does it feel that Andy Reid has a 7-0 and team going into week eight?
0: It ha- there's a great pit in my stomach over this. And you probably take perverse pleasure in my pit right now. No, no, no. No, you do, because...
1: No, most people I do, just not... but well, that's you, soon. I think. Uh, here's
0: the thing. Uh, Andy, uh, this is Jim Williams talking. I'm going to just have a one-to-one with Andy. Just excuse me for thirsty. your time.
1: friend Jim, talking.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's your main man, okay, from back in the day. Here's the thing. You have a sizably good running back in, in Jamal Charles there in Kansas City. Now, the last couple of years here in Philadelphia, you had an even better running back named LaShawn McCoy. Why did you run the ball when you had McCoy-haired belly? Why, you son of a... Why? <laughs> it's not funny. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Uh, uh... Anyway, uh, I feel better now. <clears throat> uh, rather than me make the pick, I'll let uh, uh, one of my uh, my main men make the pick. <clears throat> Uh, Jason Campbell uh, yeah, As far as I know He might as well just pull a Gus Farad And uh, cave his head in inside the uh, wall It's not going to be a good game uh, <laughs> uh, We're not going to make it close uh, We're going to blow him out uh, We're going to go to 8-0 uh, First place, best team in football <clears throat> Kansas City Chiefs win this one easily
1: You know that's my main man uh,
0: <laughs> Thank you Ahmad uh, If you want a position with the team uh, We could use you as a As a lackey <clears throat> I'm
1: uh, I'm going Casey as well. To me, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer.
0: It's a stone-cold uh, mortal lock.
1: All right, let's get into this one. A 3-3 Miami Dolphins going to Foxborough to take on the 5-2 and two New England Patriots coming off that devastating loss to the New York Jets last week. I take great pleasure <laughs> in it. Look
0: how he's a devastating.
1: It's
0: <laughs> the end of the world.
1: As we know it. Yeah.
0: So you felt fine after that, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Um, I think New England bounces back and wins this game simply because of Gronk. I mean Gronk, Gronk, Gronk. Um,
1: Doink the clown. Well,
0: we'll, I'm going New England here.
1: Yeah, I'm going New England as well. To me, it's a no-brainer. Gronk uh, was rusty, but he still pulled in some crazy yardage over a better defense than uh, what Miami has. So, uh, yeah, I see Gronk uh, getting at least a couple touchdowns for New England this uh, this week. So. New England for me.
0: And John Leary in the chat is jumping up and down over it.
1: Whee! He got right. the hopper. All right, let's go, man. Buffalo <laughs> Bills, 3-4, <three laughs> and four, going down. Down. Getting some Cajun cooking. New Orleans Saints, 5-1. and one. Where are you going with this one?
0: I'm going to go get some gumbo. Uh, but until then, New Orleans has got to win this game. There is no way. Oh, they, will. they will. Yeah. Come on. New Orleans next.
1: New Orleans as well. All right, the 1-6 Giants. Yes, the 1-6 Giants. They are not 0-7. They are 1-6 taking on your favorite team, Chip. I can't run Shady McCoy, Kelly, and the Philadelphia Eagles, 3-4 in the season. Where are you going with this one?
0: It wouldn't be so funny if it wasn't so sad. Michael Vick will be starting a quarterback this week for Philadelphia, which means he will be injured within 10 minutes of the first quarter. And we've seen what Nick Foles can sort of kind of do, and we've seen... When he's am- healthy. Yeah, and we've seen what... Well, you forget Nick Foles because he's injured. And Matt Barkley, he's just too amped for not holding the clipboard.
1: He was throwing great passes to the wrong receivers. That's what Yeah,
0: that's that, that's never a good sign. Um, they were catching him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he was the best player on the other team in the fourth <laughs> quarter, that's for sure. I hate to say it, but I'm going to pick New York. Um, oh! The Eagles, the Eagles have lost. I think it's nine or ten in a row at home, and I don't see that changing if they don't change the mindset. And that, and plus the quote-unquote revolutionary Chip Kelly offense is no more.
1: Yeah,
0: they they aren't doing the speed up thing, and and it's partially because the the league is caught up to them and caught pace. But it's like he doesn't even try to run that kind of offense anymore. It looks as generic as anything else you've ever seen before in your life. Mm-hmm. Um. It's going to be a close game, as it always is between these two teams in theory, and I think the Giants win, and it pains me to say that.
1: I'm actually going to Philadelphia here. Okay. I actually think you're going to get your boy Chip Kelly, your main man. I think he's going to give McCoy to bowl in this game for some reason. I, I, I don't know if it's to protect Vic a little bit. I don't know, but I could just see it happening. And I see well, I hope
0: so. I hope to God you're right. Well, but I'm course. going to say
1: this. If LaShawn McCoy can get Anywhere between 23 to 28 carries in this game, Philadelphia wins. If he gets anything below that, they're not winning this game. But I am going to pick Philadelphia on this one.
0: Well, you're a brave little toaster, and I hope – I'll just pull a ragus here. I hope I have to eat this pick. I hope I have to eat it with some chowder. Chowder. Chowder.
1: Watch the hopper. All right, man. 49ers, 5-2 and two on the season. Don't know how they're 5-2 and two because Colin Kaepernick is just awful taking on – The 0-7 Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: You know, this has the potential of being a trap game for San Francisco. I honestly, truly, really believe that. I'm trying not to snicker, but I I just have a funny feeling. (sighs) But I'm going to pick San Francisco, and it's not going to be pretty. It's It's going to be close for comfort. Thank you, Monroe.
1: I'm picking Jacksonville. Oh, no, you're not. No, not, I'm going okay, San Francisco. thank you very much. I'm going to San Francisco. Man. Now
0: it's watch, now watch, watch what's going to happen here. The Jaguars are going to win. I'll be like, oh, see, I I, I knew they were going to win. And then you're going to then you're going to rechange everything and just
1: like
0: No, what you'll do, what you'll do, John is you'll bring this back up on Monday's show and you'll just snip out the part before the the Man ghostly <laughs> ghosty really gets knew, him, knew, and be like, see, I told you.
1: No, nah, you know what. San Francisco wins this game. I think the you know I you know I honestly think the Jaguars can win a game this season. I think it's going to come against Tennessee though. They played them twice. So see
0: probably makes sense. I'm with you.
1: Yeah, I I, I just don't see them beating the 49 I think the 49ers defense is too good to let the Jaguars score a lot and I also think Frank Gore is too good to be stopped by this Jaguars defense. So
0: uh, I'm just I'm just a little leery of this being a trap game. What's the line currently, by the way? Do you know offhand?
1: Uh, offhand, uh, one of the uh, unofficial lines right now is San Francisco by seventeen.
0: I would take Jacksonville on that. I really would. If it's seventeen points, I would take Jacksonville. Well,
1: Larry's got the Jaguars. So.
0: Well, of course, Larry, Larry's you know, Mister Mister Big Money. He, he's like the Doctor Ron Bash or Stu well, Flanders. Did he
1: pick somebody last week that upset? Who did yeah,
0: get? or the week before? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's trying to he's trying to parlay it. He's trying to double his money and make a stack.
1: Leary likes to hang out in Vegas with Newton. Not Cam Newton, Wayne Newton.
0: Don Shane Gouley.
1: Oh, he picked the Colts last week over Broncos. So it's yeah,
0: well, really yeah. not too
1: much of an upset, though, but. There was somebody uh, okay. Man, so, All right, man, let's, get, let's continue going here. Hop Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, taking on Terrell Pryor in the 2-4 and four Oakland Raiders. Where are you going with this one?
0: The, the difference in this game is Le'Veon Bell and how he has consistently the last week or two run the football. I'm not saying Pittsburgh's back, but considering the strength of opposition they're going up against, I'm going with Pittsburgh.
1: Le'Veon Bell looked good last week against Baltimore. He didn't look that great... Against the Jets in week six. Mm, point six. Week four against Minnesota's when he had the fifty seven yards and two touchdowns. Last week he had the ninety three yards, but against the Jets sixteen yards, carries thirty four yards. But there really hasn't been that many running backs that are running good against the Jets defense anyway, so it's just and, a, and
0: Oakland's defense is par cry from New
1: York's. Oh yeah. So I'm, oh yeah.
0: Uh, Pittsburgh's the pick for me.
1: Pittsburgh. You know what? I'm gonna you know what? I'm gonna regret this, but I'm gonna go Oakland on this pick. I'm not okay. going to explain why I'm going to Oakland, but for some reason, I'm just going Oakland. It's a hunch. Yeah, like I said, I don't think the uh, I don't think the uh, Steelers are as good as they look.
0: And Play your either. hunch, I say. Play your hunch.
1: The mascot's barking. He's he's agreeing with me. Ah,
0: so. uh, the mascot's barking because he probably wants some kibbles and bits.
1: Actually, all right, RG three uh, and the Redskins two and four taking on the six and one Denver Broncos. Where are you going with this?
0: Well, let me hear for the mascot first. One second here.
1: Ah, oh, now he's quiet. Oh, what a shame. He listen, man, he only
0: he only listens to me. So. Man, but at least somebody does. That's good. It's very good. Um, and, and Alicia has to listen to you. God bless her. Um,
1: <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna this, host
0: man. Monday, right? Leave
1: my wife
0: out of this, man. No, no, no. She's a she's an awesome person. That's all I'm saying. Hi, Alicia. Just saying hi. Um, I'm gonna pick Payton. Python in a bag, bounce back effort, but you know. They're trying to do the read option a bit more in Washington, yeah, and it's it's shown some success. You know, maybe RG three is finally coming around and finally, you know, getting close to the form we saw him in last year. Mm. Is the potential of this game uh, a shootout being there? Absolutely, especially with the you know where did he come from? Jordan Reed like performances the last couple of weeks, but I think Denver too many weapons too many weapons.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I will say this much as a degenerate gambler, not really. I don't have any guns. Uh, I would take the over in this game. That's probably the surest bet, but I'm going with Denver.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Denver as well. Uh, Redskins looked a little better last week. I like the way that they used Morris. I like the way that they used uh, Roy hilu Jr. I thought that was a good setup, you know, that kind of ground and pound right there for them. Alfred Morris actually looked good last week. So um, He didn't look
0: like a 100-year-old fossil. That's right. Yeah, he didn't.
1: But, um, I'm still going down the road with this game doing mm-hmm, four mm-hmm. Atlanta Falcons going where it's really hot They're going to go into Arizona. they're taking on three and four Cardinals. Where are you going with this one to me this is a you know this is a pickup game, so
0: it is because both of these teams are I have no tell on either of these two teams, quite frankly I'm gonna just play my hunch and go home team when in doubt, and it's going to be Arizona, and it'll be close I mean. Both teams have a marquee wide receiver. It just so happens Atlanta's is, is a tight end named Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. Uh, you know, Air, neither of these teams have a running game right now. Um, Arizonas is slightly better, but, you know, it's, again, comparing Poop to Shinola. Uh I cleaned <laughs> that up because... Like I, I
1: said before, <laughs> comparing Bynum to Nerland's Noel, we'll talk uh, about that. Oh, don't...
0: Yeah, you son of a gun! Uh, but, I, again, in a game that, you know... Most people will be sleeping at it at halftime. Arizona will win, and Arians will get the 500 on the season as a coach. He'll coach him up, and Arizona will win.
1: You know what? I'm going Arizona as well. I, I had it written down. There
0: are no winners in this game. You know what? I, I love
1: Matt Ryan, but when you don't have anybody to throw to, it's hard to be a quarterback. Jeez. And, uh, you know, Palmer's got Fitzgerald. You know, hate to say it, but that's uh, that's going to rule out over Ryan to uh, Gonzalez in this game. So, True. am going to go Arizona. All right, 4 and 2 Green Bay Packers taking on Josh Freeman and a 1 and 5 Vikings. Where are you going with this?
0: Do you really need to ask?
1: No, I don't, but I have to. It's a part of the job description.
0: There's a job. This is a job. Oh, okay. Uh Packers.
1: Packers. Packers as well. Packers. All right, let's go to Monday Night Football. 6 and 1 Seattle Seahawks taking on the 3 and 4 St. Louis Rams. Bradford out to me. No brainer.
0: Stone Cold, Mortal Lock, Seattle.
1: You know, I really think Uh-oh. that the NFL is getting screwed with these Monday Night Football games because there's been a lot of teams that are supposed to be really good on these Monday Night Football platforms, and they're just not because of injuries this year.
0: Well, you can't predict what's going no, to you happen. Can't.
1: You can't. You really. And
0: re- that, in plus, let's let's not kid ourselves. Ever since Monday Night Football went cable. The games are a secondary afterthought. They've made Sunday night the marquee night, hence the flex scheduling in the second half. Of the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Don't like Monday Football. Yet,
0: <laughs> yet ESPN has paid more money to air Monday Night Football than any other network has paid for any slate of games. They It's like $2 billion a year just to air Monday Night Football. Come on. Yeah. And hence, people wonder why... Jobs, jobs are being cut left and right in Bristol, Connecticut, as Keith Olbermann once famously said, the most godforsaken hellhole on the face of the planet. Yet he actually works for them again. Go take care.
1: Oh, boy. All right, How man, let's, dare you, sir? Let's continue with the football train. We uh, said it before. We were going to talk a little bit more about the Dallas Cowboys-Detroit Lions game. And one of the funniest things coming out was Des Bryant. He thinks... He is the best at what, he thinks Calvin Johnson is the best at what he does, but he also thinks that he's the best at what he does, and he believes that he can do whatever Megatron can do. Nate Burleson comes to, uh, you know, Megatron's defense today saying, you're not Calvin Johnson, no way, no how. I found this really funny that Des Bryant would come out and say this, because I'm sorry, there is absolutely nobody in the league that could do what Megatron does.
0: I agree with you on that front, but I'll also go back to something that doesn't even have to deal with the sports, if you will, to to bring everything full circle. My father, God rest his soul, was a person who had a lot of pride, a little bit of an ego, but he had to. If you don't believe you're the best at what you do, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. I agree with that. You know, If you don't think you're the best wide receiver since sliced bread, you shouldn't be playing football. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where you you pick your P's and Q's and you pick your points to say. You don't you want to think it, you don't necessarily need to say it. Let your play and exhibitions show how good you are.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's, and that's not to say that Des Bryant is a terrible wide receiver because he's not. I do think he's one of the better ones in the league. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Calvin Johnson is the best. I mean, you know what? There's nothing that this guy does that kills a game. I mean, he's he, in my mind when he's on the field, he's flawless. Megatron.
0: Yeah, I mean, when he's on the field, uh, there's something to be said for the rapport between him and, and Matthew Stafford. It's arguably the best one-two combination in the National Football League right now. Yeah, yeah you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's something and again des bryant yes he's he's a skilled wide receiver uh, his character off the field leaves much to be desired. if you ask me, thank you very much yeah. but uh you know it, it's gonna be an interesting uh duel, shall we say, yeah, when they meet on Sunday at uh, ford field
1: it is going to be um i i I still say megatron all day every day, no, no question about it.
0: all day every day you dream about it all
1: day every day
0: and every night.
1: Let's get into this though, real quick. There was a uh, a game from uh, I, I guess it was Alito taking on Western Hills, and Alito creamed Western Hills, ninety-one to zero. Jim, you sent this over to me. I read a little bit about this myself, uh, so why don't you set it up and uh, throw this out and tell our listeners about it?
0: Okay, now a uh, little backstory. I've done high school football play-by-play, so I know a little bit about the high school game. I don't profess to know everything, just a little bit. Um, and of course, in Texas, and this is, I believe, where this is based—a Texas-based uh, pair of high schools. You know, Friday Night Lights is not really as far-fetched uh, as as real life is. So, Aledo football coach Tim Buchanan—he's sitting in his office the day after this game—he's watching game film uh, of a 91-0 victory uh, for his team Alamo over Western Hills. Mm-hmm. He gets this email, and the subject line reads, "Quote." Bullying report. End quote. Well, the coach had to spend an hour in the superintendent's office this week. The school's now being investigated by mandate of the state because, uh, you know, the lopsided score may be, uh, for lack of better terms, bullying. There's something to be said. Okay, again, there. This is a classic case of two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. For one team to beat the snot on and respect and dignity and take the legs out of every player on the team within them, you know, and what have you, by that score, 91 to nothing, that's wrong on so many levels. Especially considering, and I don't know how Texas football is, but at least in, uh, in New Jersey, the rule is in place if one team's up by 35 or more points, mm-hmm. they play a running clock no matter what the circumstances. They play a running clock because, come on, we don't want to embarrass anybody. This game's going to be over. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great rule because, you know. I
1: don't. I don't. Why not? I don't. I, I Honestly, man, you know what? These kids are growing up in high school. They're going to come. They're ready. most of them are already immature. Most of them don't have the parents that are teaching them right from wrong. You need to learn disappointment in life. And I think this was a great example of learning disappointment. You know, listen, it was 91 nothing. He coached his team. They played their hearts out. They continue to win, and I, I, I honestly have no problem. I don't. I don't see this as
0: bullying. Do you see this as running up the score at all?
1: I, I listen. Well, you know, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to just keep down in the bowl for two periods and just, you know, stop playing. I, you know, they kept playing. Why not?
0: And this is a team that's. I'm that sorry. Is listen, man. If this
1: is a professional football game, we wouldn't stop.
0: This is a team that's averaging just shy of seventy points per game. Yeah. And some of those games, and most of their games, are over before halftime. It's, yeah. I'm
1: sorry, but you know, what? Those, those in in my mind, those kids learned a valuable lesson. This goes back to what we were talking about just a few weeks ago um, with these leagues that you know don't keep score. There's no winners, there's no losers. I'm sorry, but you can't. You know what? You just look. He said it as well. John Larry just said it, Charlie. You can't roll over, and you can't cry wolf. And to me, you can't roll over. I mean, listen, you lost nine, you went to nothing. That was a valuable lesson for the for uh, you know for the Western Hills kids. Now you turn around and say, "All right, why did we lose ninety-one nothing? What do we have to do to make sure that never happens again?" That's a well, life lesson.
0: Well, I'll tell you this: You talk about how are we going to rectify this? Well, I'll bring it close to home. Lower Cape May High School, hmm. just uh, twenty minutes down the road for me in Cape May County. Hmm. Uh, they did something to make sure that at least short term it doesn't happen again. They forfeited their upcoming game. See, this that, Friday.
1: That's garbage. That, that's absolutely garbage, and that's why people in this country—they're lazy. They, you know, a little bit of disappointment comes to them. They break down and they can't live life. I, and, I, I think that's stupid. That's that's just nonsense.
0: And this is a team that has been the laughing stock of Cape Atlantic League football for the better part of the last decade.
1: You might as well get rid of your program then. It's it's.
0: But stupid. but uh, what well, well, we can't do that now because that being said and I'm going to be a little hypocritical here just to you know help your side a little bit here too we, we, we can't do that we we can't do that because football brings in money it's the most valuable money commodity to our school high school I'm i man.
1: I, I don't like the way these schools are, are teaching these kids I don't like the way the athletic departments are run anymore i I think it's garbage I, I mean you know what this if if this was twenty years ago ninety one nothing wouldn't you know it would have been nothing you know what the kids would have taken it as a loss their parents would have said well guess what life lesson you got to learn disappointment man roll on to the next one now it's everybody has to be treated with kids' gloves, and, and it's terrible. And, you know, this is why uh, sports and, uh, and our society are turning out to be typical trash. So, mm. you know, I see no problem with this. I give a lot of credit to Alito. I give a lot of credit to their football coach, Tim Buchanan. Don't roll over. You continue to play the game. If the other team was, uh, you know, pissed off about it, they should have just left the field.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're going to roll over, you might as well have just left and, you know, forfeited during the game. But they did it. So I give them credit for not doing that. But On now like, here comes the parents. Oh, my poor kid, my poor kids, my poor kids. Sorry, you got to learn disappointment in life, and this was a great life lesson for them.
0: Going back to the lower cape thing, we have a couple of quotes here from uh, the coach, Bill Miller. The reason he's forfeiting is because his team's mostly freshmen and sophomores compared to a team, Holy Spirit, that in the press of Atlantic City is ranked as the number one team and has won three state trade titles and – so on and so forth. Here's the quote that we get, and I, this is probably hyperbole. It's the safety of the whole issue. Going up there and playing them with a bunch of 14-year-olds, I just think physically, I don't know if we can withstand that game and play our next four games. We really haven't been competitive in any game. We've been competitive in short stretches. Holy Spirit is on another level. Here's, here's the dagger quote. It would just be physical punishment for us.
1: Wow. You know, I guess when you look at it that way, I guess the Jaguars should just forfeit the NFL season. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. There's good teams and there's bad teams. That's, that's balance. That's the balance of life. You know? then,
0: you've, then you've got the uh, athletic director of Lower Cape May, uh, Mark Schiffbauer. It's a very hard decision. Kids want to play. Coaches want to play. We want them to play. If you're a football guy, forfeiting isn't in you. It's very tough. You have to think about the kids and the program. Hopefully it works out. I Unbelievable. It's, you know, it's mind-numbing. I know I'm comparing two, two high school stories, but I think the the tangent is, is appropriate. You know, because, you know, why? The, you know, you give credit, like you said, to the team that took the 91 law, Nothing Shellacking and took it on the chin and will ultimately build some character from it. While the Caper Tigers of Lower Cape May Regional, whose team regularly gets beat by an average of 42.6 points, most recently getting shut out by Vineland, grr, last weekend here in southern New Jersey. Uh, they won't get that character-building lesson. Yeah. So.
1: Unbelievable. I mean, you know what, you look at the Salito game, Coach Buchanan put his second and third team offensive line and everything into. I I mean, you know, so third stringers were playing this game, and they still won 91 to nothing. So,
0: that tells you everything you need to know. It
1: tells you lots of things. He also, you know, his starting running back in the beginning of the game touched the ball six times and had four touchdowns. It's yeah. not Alito's fault that this team was garbage. I'm sorry.
0: Right. I mean, it begs many other questions about the economic status of the districts that are involved in these games.
1: And you know what? More. You know what? More schools are going to get better players. You know, just like it does in college. You know, better recruiting efforts get better plays. But just in the NFL, the owners who have the money, they're going to go out and buy the best.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's, what,
1: that's life, you know. You know, you learn to live with disappointment, man. That's, you know, and, and I'm sorry, but this was a great life lesson for the kids of Western Hills. And uh, here we go now with the parents, of course, because, oh, my poor...
0: Everybody wants a trophy.
1: You know, I'm- and what bothers me is that they're accusing this coach of bullying. And, and, I'm, and I'm getting tired of the term "bully" being thrown out in so many of the wrong ways,
0: and, and I'll, I'll concede, I'll concede that you're right. Also, I mean, when you put in the second and third stringers, and the and, and the opposing team can't stop them, it's not running up the score. It's just your team sucks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's,
0: that's what it comes down to, and that's that's a testament to the coaching staff. That's a testament to probably the school district as well. Uh, for you know. I don't know. It's just a mess.
1: Like I said, I give props to Alito. I give props to Coach Buchanan. I give props to his kids. So. Thanks much. All right, Jim. World Series time.
0: Ah, yes. It's World Series time, the fall classic. Seven games, potentially, of what I think is going to be very intriguing baseball as the St. Louis Cardinals take on the Boston Red Sox. We'll break down the when and where of everything. Boston, of course, thanks to something that has nothing to do with anything, The All-Star game has home field advantage. Games one and two are tonight and tomorrow night on Fox at Fenway Park. Of course, this will be the last time we hear Tim McCarver, so we should all rejoice. Uh, The games pretty much are all in primetime on Fox. Games one and two tonight and tomorrow night. Day off on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, games three, four, and if necessary, five in St. Louis at Busch Stadium. And if necessary, the series would end either uh, Game 6 uh, the following Wednesday night at Fenway or Game 7 Halloween night in Boston. So, uh, Probables have been set for the first two games of this series. Of so Tonight, in Game 1, it is the, uh, the dueling aces here. Well, they're both aces, I'd say. Adam Wainwright goes for St. Louis. Uh, he will be opposed by John Lester. In Game 2, the scheduled pitchers, the Probables, John lackey going for the Red sox against michael Waka Waka, Waka, so there we go uh, this is going to be a very interesting series. I mean, these two teams john and, and by all means, please debate me on this if you think I'm wrong, are so evenly matched in many, many aspects they've got strong starting rotations yeah. they've got uh they play team baseball in many respects all around. Yeah, they're all around similar. And I think one of the more engaging dynamics of this whole series, the managers. Yeah. You've got Mike Matheny, a guy who has bled Cardinal Red for pretty much his primary existence. And, and a maybe. guy that
1: so many people blasted when St. Louis hired him as manager.
0: Oh, yeah. And you know what? Let's give St. Louis props here. Uh, there were a lot of people saying, oh, you got rid of Albert Pujols. You aren't going back to the postseason anytime soon. Uh, hi, World Series. How are you? Yeah. So Mike Matheny has coached this team up, and he knows the "quote unquote" Cardinal way damn well. Yeah. And on the other side, you got John Farrell, who also has a history with the Red Sox organization, being uh, you know an assistant coach, uh, going back in the uh, in the days when they won their I think it was their second championship after uh, four He was with them from '07 to '10, I believe. So he knows this franchise, and he has done in one year in Boston arguably one of the most incredible jobs a first-year manager in a new team has ever done in recent memory, maybe in all time.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you even just look at their roster of a bunch of aging people, you know, bringing in guys like Shane Victorino, who supposedly was on his last leg in Philadelphia and nobody wanted, and uh, look at the season he's put up. You know what? Well, These guys are playing a, for a guy they want to play
0: for. Well, Shane didn't have a great American League Championship Series. He just had the hit of all hits, the oh. big grand slam in Game 6. Yeah, was,
1: you know what? But that's the thing, man. Just one swing of a Batman, and it'll make you a playoff hero. The so.
0: flying Hawaiian is back. Yeah. I couldn't even have done that in Philly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm okay now. But uh, this is going to be a fun series. I want to ask you, and I'll ask John in the chat for his uh, HAPA prediction. Uh, momentarily what do you think is going to be the biggest key to victory for each team what do you think each team needs to stake their success on if they have any chance to win it all
1: contact man you gotta you, you're gonna have to make contact with these pitchers these pitchers have been dynamite so far in the entire playoffs uh, for the red Sox, they really got to try to attack guys like michael walker I, I mean really really you know big i mean that that's huge You know, Adam Wainwright, they're going to have to you know make contact off him. But the same goes for the Cardinals as well. Like you said, they're just so evenly matched completely all around that the only thing I can think of is that this is going to go seven games complete to the end. It's going to be a close probably 2-1, maybe 3-2 win in game seven. Or something really crazy is going to happen, and you might see a sweep. I mean, who knows which way it could go because it's so evenly matched that Honestly, I think this is the most evenly matched World Series we've had in years.
0: I would tend to agree with you. One thing I'm going to say, though, and I mentioned this on the Touch All podcast we recorded Monday night, which soon shall be up at clw83.com. Cheap plug. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, is this. We expect pitchers to lose much of this series. We expect low-scoring games. So you know what that means. I do the inverse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're going to see high-scoring games in this series. I think so. I, I think I think you're going to see the hyperboles come out because you have to get my bo-
1: to the because it's not going to be off the starting pitching.
0: Right. Well, exactly. It's going to be the late inning stuff. Yeah. Uh, because both of these teams were in, especially Boston, was in a funk offensively as a team, I mean, batting in the two twenties or two teams as a team during the series, and that's again testament to great pitching that each team had to face. Um, I, I, the comparison, though, is this. The the difference in offensive styles is simply this. St. Louis does it the small ball way. They'll get doubles and singles and what have you. Yes. That's how they score most of their runs. Mm-hmm. With the Red Sox, it's the long ball. It is Big Papi. It, uh, it is Shane Victorino. It's Ellsbury and, and so on and so forth. Mike Napoli, who had a big ALCS for the Red Sox. And... Uh, you know, again, the DH is going to play a role here, big time, especially with arguably the greatest designated hitter of all time I- right now in uh, in David Ortiz. Mm-hmm. So I'm going Boston in seven because I-, I say this honestly: these two teams will be, and I honestly think St. Louis could be up three-two going back to Boston. There is no way. I mean, I can see it either way. Boston up 3-2 or, or or St. Louis up 3-2. There is no way that St. Louis will win two in a row, 6-7. and, seven. Mm-hmm. and, and Bo- I, I, It's not going to happen. Not, not in this year. Not in this lifetime. I think Boston wins it in seven, and Game 7 is going to be a classic, and it's going to be the pitcher's duel we expect. Yeah, it's,
1: uh, it's going to be a pitcher's duel, but I, you know what? I'm going to give Red Sox the edge. I'm going to pick Red Sox in six.
0: Oh, you're going to go in six.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go in six. I, I I don't know why. I just think the Red Sox, you know, they've showed all season that tenacity. But the Cardinals have as well. I just, you know what, for some reason I'm just leaning more towards the way the Red Sox have been playing this playoffs compared to the Cardinals. But that's not saying that if the Cardinals win in six or in seven that I'd be shocked because I wouldn't be. Because honestly, I think both of these teams are, are, are good enough to win the World Series you know, usually you see a team that's good enough to make it to the World Series, as we saw in 2000 with the Yankees and Mets. Mets were good enough to make it to the World Series. They weren't good enough to win it. But so, I think in this case, both of these teams are good enough to win it. So they're championship I,
0: though, worthy. Yeah, so
1: even though I'm picking the Red Sox in six, I would not be shocked if the Cardinals won in six or seven. True. So.
0: I, I, you know, you're spot on. These are both championship caliber teams for a reason, and they've gotten here for a reason. Uh, by the way, John Leary, no bias from him, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, uh, he picks duck boats. I mean, Boston and six, so get out the duck boats and what have you. And uh, see, I know the Boston references, even though I'm not a Bostonian. And I All right, wanna... listen,
1: man, you know what, man? When it comes to the World Series, or it comes to the NBA Finals, or a Stanley Cup, or whatnot, you gotta, you got, you gotta be biased. I mean, in 2000, sure, I knew the Mets weren't going to pick the Yankees. Uh, you know, uh, beat the Yankees, but. I said that's all the way. You got it, man. It's the championship because yeah, if you go against your yeah, team you in the championship, to, and it, it, you know what? You're not a fan. In, in my mind, you got in my to mind.
0: support. You got yeah. to support. You got to support the hometown team. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you know that's good. And speaking of supporting the hometown team, that brings <laughs> us to uh, the greatest mayor in the history of who the hell am I kidding? His name is mumbles to me.
1: Uh, Thomas
0: Mineo. Who I is, thought Frank has,
1: Rizzo was the greatest mayor of all. Well,
0: things. Frank Rizzo is. You're less than a man.
1: Yeah. Okay, you're a crumb creep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh but no, uh Thomas Menino, oh. He he's gained the nickname Mumbles because he's the king of the malaprop and his thick, I mean, like thicker than the thickest uh, maple syrup from Vermont you've ever seen, thick Boston accent has caused him to trip up a few things. In recent years, he is confused Rob Gronkowski uh, with Gonk, I don't know what Gonk is, uh, he thought Vince Wilfork was Vince Wilcock, I just emphasized that for safekeeping, uh, and also, uh, most notably, he confused, and I don't know how in Sam Hell, you confuse a kicker with a catcher, Adam Vinatieri with Jason <laughs> Baratek.
1: I mean, come on, man, that's just two totally different things, two totally different just because they start with a V. It, 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 Come on. It,
0: but, but he may have outdone himself uh, in the last day oh, yeah. with this, this uh, little thing he had. He had a little speech, a little soliloquy, as it were, uh, talking about how the Boston Red Sox are in their third World Series in a decade and how the fans should be ready for what the Red Sox are trying to bring home. Let's go to the audio tape.
1: The never-die Red Sox are play in the third World Series the last nine years. Why are we rooting hard to bring back the World, the World Series Cup to Boston like we did in 2004 and 2007? This Red Sox team plays with a lot of heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what do you say? They play with the hopper? What? <laughs> I had to like one
0: They play with a lot of heart. Uh, you
1: know they, what, man? Uh, a of, a is this guy bar- related to Barney Frank?
0: He looks a little like him. That's a he good. sounds a little
1: like him, too.
0: Yeah, a little bit, yeah. It, 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 a little bit. Part Barney Frank, part Uh-oh. Mayor Quimby from The Simpsons. We will be the great payboy and Springfield. And a little yeah. bit of
1: the nature boy.
0: No, well, no, more like Dusty Rhodes, more like, quite well, frankly. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah. If you will, I'm going to be on the hopper, if you will, on the mothership Saturday Night Superstation. TBS, baby. <laughs> They're <laughs> dream three the roads of silver tongue, Tony Schiavone.
1: I know what's best for business, Triple H.
0: Triple H, yes. All about the stain. Triple H. How you, how you make it. What
1: are you hatching an egg? Triple H.
0: Triple H, yes. But, but Mayor Mumbles does it again. But no, that may not be the worst mayor move in this World Series. You gave me a story in advance about what's going on in the Midwest, in St. Louis.
1: Yeah, and that is Saint Louis Mayor Francis Slay. Guess what? He is not making a World Series bet. Mm. Um To me, I think it's stupid. I think that's one of the fun things about being a mayor is when your team makes it into a championship, you get to mess with the other mayor from the other city. You it's may lose fine. You may lose and have to go through it, but you know, it's all in good fun. So here's the reason why, according to Mayor Slay, that he is not doing is because he doesn't want to tie up his staff.
0: Now, when, we, when I first read this, the very first thing I asked and, and we, I fact-checked on, he, uh, was he running for mayor at this point in time? Was, was he already elected mayor recently, or is he in the middle of an election season? And I will say this. If he was in the middle of campaigning for re-election, I can almost make a case for him. I will go up for his move and his motive. I can almost make a case. But he was elected about mm, seven, eight months ago, so screw that. He's a wuss. Um,
1: not even that, though. I mean, he goes to say that, listen, he doesn't want to do it because, of course, he he doesn't want to, you know, it, it frees up time for a staff as well. But then he adds the little kicker in saying that, plus, it wouldn't be fair to the other mayors.
0: So you're going to come out,
1: not make a bet, but then slam the other mayors saying that the Cardinals are just going to just run them over. To me, that, if you're not going to make the bet, you don't, you don't have no faith in your team.
0: I'm sorry. Well, if I'm not mistaken, these two teams met each other nine years before. Yeah. And uh, St. Louis' mayor had to pay up, uh, what was it, fried raviolis, I think it was.
1: I don't like that. But, but even last year when, you know what? Uh, well,
0: Mumbles wasn't happy with it. That's why. I I think he's still upset because Mumbles wasn't happy with his fried ravioli from St. Louis.
1: Mumbles.
0: Nine years ago today, really as Curry will
1: remember. And I want to take it to the heart. <laughs> I mean, it's it's nuts, man. It's you know what this is supposed to be a fun thing between mayors and two cities, and uh, you know what if he doesn't make the bet, Mayor Slade just uh, just you know kill the great great tradition. So
0: a tradition unlike any other. Uh, but uh, and speaking of uh, anniversaries, because uh, Mister Blaga mentioned it was nine years ago today, twenty years ago today. Oh jeez, one of the one of the worst moments in Philadelphia sports history.
1: And there's so many of them.
0: Oh, thanks a lot. Talking to you, Ragus. Thanks for the compassion. Yeah. It was uh, game six of the 93 World Series when Mitchie Pooh threw a, a heater right out and over the middle of the play, and Joe Carter cranked it out for a home run, and the Blue Jays uh, became back-to-back world champions of baseball. And
1: and now let's go to the audio in the final. No!
0: Time. Geez, no. <laughs>
1: What, 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 No
0: solid Harry calls here in this one. nin, no, no, Ah, no, no. uh, Or it's Tom Schubert. Carter
1: knocked it in. It's gone.
0: That wasn't even close to no, Not that's, even, yeah. No, I'm, I'm What were we? That no. guy. No, that was not even close. No, but Tom Cheek had a great call. Sean McDonough had a great call up, and Dallas was depressed as all heck, as I remember hearing the call. So, but it just it, you know, as a kid, nine years old, growing up, and, and you know, being in love with that '93 team. Now looking back, it's like, wow, this team was effed up. Uh, you know, it, it stings. It stings a little bit, and Joe Carter still vilified in this city, and, and Mitch Williams has been put off the hook recently because, well, fifteen years later, we atoned for that mistake. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, you know, just you know, one of the one of the great moments in World Series history, just fittingly not on our side.
1: Well, we do have some time. So, what came out recently? That was the NBA GM survey. If you don't know what the NBA GM survey is. They go and poll general managers around the NBA on so many topics on which team will win the NBA finals, which team will win their division, who will win the MVP.
0: Do you who like Marv best, Albert's pay?
1: Who is the best point guard? Is you know, Amad Rashad your main man?
0: <laughs>
1: oh. All stuff like that. So who is benefit, the
0: black mamba?
1: One of the things coming out was, you ready for this one? Yes. Who would be the clutch shooter you would decide to have to take the final shot? to win a game for you, Kevin Durant, pretty much in a landslide over LeBron James, 39.3% of the NBA GMs chose Kevin Durant over LeBron James, but that's not, but here's the kicker here, look, Kobe Bryant in second place, 32.1%, LeBron and Carmelo tied at 7.1%, that's a big drop off from 39.3%.
0: You know what? I honestly say I'd want Kobe to take the final shot for me.
1: I would take Durant. I mean, Durant's got a good. Durant's
0: good. It, it, it's a pickem. I'll grant you that. But I would go with Kobe with the experience, just a just a just a touch ahead.
1: Okay, so let's go here. I'm just gonna run through some of these uh, these poll questions. Which team will win the 2014 NBA Finals? The 70... Sixers? No. Seventy five point nine percent chose the Seventy Six. No, actually, they chose the Miami Heat.
0: Of course.
1: Who will be the 2013-14 MVP? Sixty nine point 0% chose LeBron James, Kevin Durant, in second, 24.1%.
0: Just because you're the most valuable player, you do, that doesn't mean you're clutch. That's what they're just telling us right there, which is true.
1: Yeah. Let's take a look at some of the positions. Who is the best point guard in the NBA? 70% says Chris Paul. Best shooting guard, 567 says James Harden. Kind of don't agree with that, but that's just me. Small forward, LeBron James, of course, 867 of the vote. Power forward, Tim Duncan, 31% over Kevin Love in his 27.6%. Oh,
0: that's what I think is interesting. Tim Duncan, yeah. quietly, the gentle giant as I call him, still gets commanding respect after all these years. I think he's, that's great. He deserves it.
1: Remote. He's playing some great, great basketball. in his Team
0: basketball, game. damn it.
1: Best center in the league. I don't agree with this. But I'm not a general manager either. Dwight Howard gets 65.5%. <laughs> Marcus Gasol in second, 20.7. Tim Duncan in third, 10.3. Roy Hibbert, 3.4 in last place. I don't agree. I, I'm but, with you. Once again.
0: We all know who the greatest center is. Todd McCullough. Oh, wait, he's not playing.
1: Well, here you go for this one. Who was the most underrated player? Wait, excuse me. What was the most underrated player acquisition of the season? 10% tied with... Andrew Carolingo going to Brooklyn, and Louis Scola going to Indiana. Is Drew Holiday going to the New Orleans Pelicans?
0: Where they're... They're Pelicans. Yeah, Drew Holiday, I miss him. I wish we still had him on this team, because he would be the star on this team, uh, especially considering a certain person in regards to uh, the acquisition trade in the offseason is not going to be doing a thing in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah. You know what? I love looking at the GM surveys, because it gives you... Just a grasp of what the general managers think of other teams sure. and other players of the league. Like, which rookie was the biggest steal uh, where he was selected at the draft? And 27.6% picked Coley, uh, excuse me, Kelly Olnick of the Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. which I was a little shocked at. Uh, I, I was looking more at uh, Nemanja Nedadovich from the Golden State Warriors, and he was way down on the list. So... It's you know it's 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 real interesting you know I mean yeah I mean they even voted who's the best international player that's not even in the NBA right now so great great stuff from the uh, GM survey absolutely who's the best all ca- uh, uh, right Jim I'm gonna ask you this who is the best head coach in the NBA
0: ooh that's a tough one um, you can make a case for Doc Rivers you can make a case for <laughs> I you know I wonder okay you have the answer in front of you I know I absolutely how many of them say Eric Spolstra that's what I want to know.
1: Six point nine percent say Eric Spolstra who's tied with Tom Thibodeau of the Chicago Bulls, third place.
0: And, and you know what I you know I actually put Spolstra lower. He's a, you know Spolstra's in a position that quite frankly Phil Jackson was in two decades before him. So much talent, all you have to do is just you know. Use your toggle and control it. That's all that is. Yeah. So, who who got number one? If I may ask,
1: Greg Popovich, seventy-five point nine percent of the vote.
0: Yeah, I, I you know what I agree with that because yeah, look absolutely. at the success. Look at his consistent success. That's the key. Consistent success. He he. You could make a case in the late nineties, early two thousands in, in San Antonio. He had a dynasty by modern standards, but San Antonio was always a team. They get in the playoffs. You're scared to play that team because they can do it. You know, in so many ways they can beat you. So many ways by playing team branded basketball. <laughs> okay.
1: okay. Let's let's go with one last final question, and then we'll get into a little '76s and do an NHL recap before no, wrap up. Go ahead. Yes. Which active player, Jim, and I'm asking you this question first. I got the answers in front of me. And
0: hey, Karnak. I could
1: I could agree with it a little bit, but which active player will someday make the best head coach in the NBA?
0: It's not LeBron, I'll tell you that. That's not LeBron
1: James isn't even near the list.
0: Active player. That that's going to require some thinking. Which current active player? Now I'm assuming you mean like a star named player here. For he, like a at chance.
1: one point I would say he was. He's still a very known player. Would you like me to go from number four on up? Yeah, please do. Okay. In fourth place, tied, is Derek Fisher of the Oklahoma City Thunder and Steve Nash of the Los Angeles Lakers, with seven point one percent of the vote.
0: Okay, and, I can't, I, I can't see Nash being a coach, but, but the latter, I don't think I Nash
1: would be a coach because I just think he's got other things that he like soccer that he would want to get into eventually, sure. well, after his NBA career. Number three, Shane Batty of the Miami Heat, fourteen point three percent.
0: Well, I mean, come on, the Duke pedigree, come on.
1: Absolutely. Number two. Chris Paul of the Clippers with 17.9% of the vote.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm on the fence on that one. Okay. I,
1: I, 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 I'm definitely on the fence with that one. Number
0: one, buy a bullet.
1: Chauncey Billups of the Detroit Pistons, 32.1% of the vote.
0: You know, in a weird way, I can see that.
1: You know what, I think the ones that can really stay in the league for a long time a Jason Kidd. Of course, we haven't seen Jason Kidd coach a game yet, but I think that's why the Nets are putting just so much stock into Jason Kidd, is that, you know what? Four generals usually make a pretty good coach. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, could make a really good NBA coach, but I just don't see him being an NBA coach. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Just me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the role players that, that get it done. The role players make the best coaches, in my humble opinion. We've seen... You know, for every Bill Russell becoming a, a head coach, and he had a modicum of success, he wasn't setting the world on fire, I don't think, in his coaching career. Yeah. You know. You know, it's it, it's I, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna reference the Sixers here, and this is off the court troubles, notwithstanding that he had, it's the Aaron McKee type players, the sixth men on the team that tend well, to make the most capable coaches. You know, there
1: just been some starters that have made good coaches. Um, yeah, but, but i I'm a superstar, though. That's the thing. To that's me, he exactly isn't a superstar, but he was a star. Right. Yeah, Michael right. Jordan, I don't think he'd make a good head coach.
0: He would make a horrible one. And you know what? You, you make the comparison, I'll draw it to hockey. Wayne Gretzky, head coach of, uh, what was it, the Coyotes? It was but, horrible. I
1: mean, Wayne Gretzky's defense. We're gonna play a little wow. devil's advocate here.
0: Because he's a boy.
1: I like his coaching style. Unfortunately, he just had a terrible team to coach.
0: Yeah, but you notice he hasn't gotten back in the coaching. No, side. he doesn't
1: want to. He he was actually interested in the New York Rangers job before they hired Elaine Vigneault. So, who knows if that, that, that was just was, you know a rumor, like, hearsay, or whatnot? But you know he he wanted to come and try to coach a good roster. So. And I think after coaching the you know, the Phoenix Coyotes when he did, I think he kind of deserved to coach a good roster. And I would like to see what a Wayne Gretzky could do with, let's say, a New York Rangers, um, a Detroit Red Wings. A hey, Chan we'll Houston take him Stark? in
0: Philly. He can't be any worse than the bastards we've had.
1: Yeah, that's very true.
0: Well, well, and when I say bastards, I mean the current implementation. I have nothing against uh, uh, old what's-his-name who started the season for three games and then gets canned. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and John brings up in the chats Kevin McHale, Larry Bird. He says they suck his coaches. I would say Bird sort of kind of did McHale isn't bad.
1: McHale's not bad. He just put a lot of lousy players around Kevin Garnett. Right. Out in Minnesota. He really didn't know how to build a team.
0: And what he was doing in Houston, I think, not long after. Well, yeah. I mean. You know, he, he, they're, they're trying to rebuild there, too. Well,
1: he's down there coaching right now, right, Kevin McKenna? Right.
0: I, bel- I do believe so. What it comes down to, and uh, you, we mentioned the superstars who actually try to transcend into coaching. They have nothing left to prove. No. I think that's what it is. I
1: they think that's probably why they fall off the match so exactly. Yeah.
0: It's like they have nothing to prove. You've won championships. You're among the greatest. and You know, why sully your reputation by becoming a, a, you know, a 35 and uh, 52 head coach? Yeah, sure. or or so oh, whatever. I can't do math. Sorry, it's like thirty-five and forty-two. Whatever. Crazy. Forty-seven. Crazy. I, I the math. It's 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 hump day. I'm not supposed to know math.
1: Anyway. What are you going to do? Let's talk a little Philadelphia 76ers. What we have to. I just, uh... Keep up with the NBA trendier as the God, man, man, record stuff, man. 76ers are now expected to, to to hold first-round draft pick New Orleans Noah out for the entire upcoming season as he recovers from knee surgery. So basically, Jim, you guys didn't draft him, but you traded for Andrew Bynum 2.0. Yeah. So now yeah. Bynum plays some games this season and one's the world doesn't, are you going to feel a little cheated?
0: <laughs> All I'm going to say is this. Last year I could have – well, realistically, I had no chance in hell the way it was set up. But last year I could have become the public address voice of the 76ers. I am so thankful I did not get that gig. Because, you know, you can, you can lie your arse off and be excited for everything – But this is going to be the worst team in the NBA this season. I think, arguably, they're going to be worse than the Bobcats. This team, and I've read articles going back two or three months, that have given the impression from some columnists that the Sixers are purposely going to tank this season to try to get the number one pick in the NBA draft.
1: Oh, yeah, and they're definitely going to be worse than the... Bobcats. The Bobcats roster is 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 way better than the 76s right now. Yeah, well,
0: well give me the, give me the next worst team than that, uh, you know, because yeah, I, I don't follow enough association right now. Honestly, just like
1: a, to even think about it, I mean, you know, looking just back at uh last
0: Minnesota, maybe. You
1: know what? No. Nah, I you know, with Ricky Rubio and
0: Yeah, that's true. just love.
1: I mean, you know, you know, and they do got a couple of decent players off the bench there. I mean, it's it's Tough man. And I mean,
0: the Sixers are the land of the lost yeah. when it comes to the NBA. This What's is you had Orlando.
1: That was 20 and 62. Phoenix. That was 25 and 57. And I still think both Orlando and Phoenix are going to be better than Philadelphia.
0: No, I'm now let let me just make sure I'm clear. I'm not saying that the Sixers are going to try to trump their own record from the early 70s of winning nine games the entire season.
1: Oh, they have to win more than that. They have to. They're
0: going to win more than that. But not by much. Uh, it's going to be a long season.
1: I mean, looking at them, without Nolan's Noel, who, of course, they're going to put a lot of stock in, who do you really rely on now at the center spot? Spencer Hawes and Kwame Brown.
0: This is, this is a point in time, and, and one of my buddies, Kyle Wilson, who used to work at WIP as a, as a board op and what have you, said it best. This is one of the worst periods in Philadelphia sports in recent memory. Because think about this. Even even when the Sixers are bad, and believe me, the Dana Barrow era, rock bottom for the Sixers before this, mm-hmm. the Flyers were at least competitive. The Flyers were always a playoff team. Now you've got the Eagles who are, eh. you've got the Flyers who are slowly but surely, or quickly but surely, becoming like the Miami Marlins of the National Hockey League, so misrun and run amok that they, they're screwing the pooch. Yeah, and the Sixers are going to be playing for the frickin' lottery. So now we have to say, well, pitchers and catchers report in about three and a half months, and then you realize, oh, look what the Phillies are. Oh jeez. So we're we're you know the the peak of Philadelphia sports in that recent cycle of you know winning ways, not to pull a Don Tollison line, has come and has gone tremendously downhill. So this, this is this is this is that point in time right now where we separate the true Philadelphia sports fan from the bandwagon jumper. You yeah. So, I which mean, is, I, is good
1: thing. you know, just going back, I mean, uh, you know, of course, when they made the trade for Bynum, I I, I said it outright right here on this radio program
0: yeah. that
1: Andrew Bynum would never suit up for the Philadelphia 76ers. And I was right yeah, because you
0: know. I knew
1: how many problems he had with his knees coming in. I just I cannot understand the trade. And I said, If I was a 76ers fan, I would kill to have Andre Iguodala back on this team because guess what? Now, Iggy's in Golden State, and they're talking about them as possible finals destination for them because of the addition of Iggy because they have such a complete team. But you also look at it, not only did they get rid of Iggy, you look back at uh, Nikola Vucevic and Mo Harkless. I'd rather have them back on this team because Nikola Vucevic played some damn good basketball last season. For the Orlando Magic, so you would have had Vucevic at the center spot, Evan Turner, Thaddeus Young, Michael Carter-Williams, Mo Harkless coming off the bench, Jason Richardson probably starting if you still somehow got him. You would have had a much better team.
0: Absolutely. It's just a
1: little heartbreaking for you guys.
0: Just, well, you know, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure you're going to cry. But who knows? You're
1: who knows? I, I, I mean, you, you know what? You never know. You might have a uh, diamond in the rough somewhere that could really come out, but. I don't see it. Uh, I, I don't think. either. Looking at the roster, I really don't. And honestly, this watching the preseason, I wasn't uh, impressed with uh, Michael Carter Williams either. It's going to so.
0: be a terrible team. Terrible.
1: Terrible team. Terrible. Let's uh let's do a quick NHL recap from yesterday, Jim, and then we'll get out of here.
0: Oh god, get the hockey, uh, you know.
1: I'll just look at I'll, you know what, we'll just take a look at some of the games of uh, that actually. Did yeah, you hate
0: me doing the Don Cherry impression? I get meant that. meant
1: something. Well, that's kind of true.
0: Oh, uh, come on, you know, you know you love to shoot. Uh, come on.
1: Actually, no. Let's just talk about the games tonight. We got two games tonight on the bill. Ottawa Senators. I'll
0: take you off. You want to talk about the games no, last night? Talk about the games. Okay. Ottawa
1: Senators taking on the Detroit Red Wings. Detroit Red Wings six three and one on the season with thirteen points. Ottawa three three two on the season with eight points. And the Hapa comes back into play here. to Boston Bruins five two and zero on the season for ten points. Taking on the Buffalo Sabres, who are one eight and one for it. three points on the season. Let's take a quick look at the standings out in the Eastern Conference in the Atlantic Division. Toronto Maple Leafs are on top of that division with a 7-3-0 and record for 14 points, followed by the Detroit Red Wings, first time for them in the Eastern Conference, 6-3-1 and for 13 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Metropolitan Division, yes, the Metropolitan Division, I can't even stand it to say it, Pittsburgh Penguins are on top with a 7-2-0 record for 14 points, followed by the Carolina Hurricanes in second place, 4-2-3 for 11 points. In the Western Conference, Patrick Wild leading the Central Division with his Colorado Avalanche, 8-1-0 for 16 points, followed by the Chicago Blackhawks, 6-1-2 for 14 points. In the Pacific, yes, they're still undefeated, and that is the San Jose Sharks, 8-0-1, 17 points, followed by the Anaheim Ducks and the Angels T. Mussolini. 7-2-0 for 14 points, as well as tied with the Phoenix Coyotes, 6-2-2 for 14 points.
0: The Pacific Division, plus. if I may, the Pacific Division looks very competitive this year.
1: They It really, really does. Besides Calgary, who's got 10 points as of now, they're going to drop off. Uh, I see Los Angeles probably dropping off a little bit as well, because I don't think they have the same team that won the Stanley Cup. Um
0: Vancouver's going to hang I think
1: Vancouver's going to hang Phoenix is going to hang I think Anaheim's going to be in the, uh, in the show there San Jose is definitely going to hang But of course we all know San Jose makes the playoffs They do absolutely nothing
0: S- San Jose is to hockey as the Oakland Athletics are to baseball How absolutely.
1: Absolutely. You know, absolutely Built for the
0: regular season Not for the postseason Absolutely And uh, you know Oh of course let's not neglect to mention Let's keep it real here The worst team The fewest points of the NHL My Philadelphia Flyers With two points
1: yeah, bad.
0: Minus 13 goal differential.
1: Because Craig Barubi.
0: Mayor hit it.
1: Is the answer.
0: Uh, Mayor Rizzo knows what Craig Berube is.
1: He is the starter.
0: No, he's not a starter. He's a crumb bum. Huh. He's a lush coward. He's a crumb bum creep.
1: <laughs> That's your boy, man.
0: No, that's my main man. Right
1: that there. is your main Not man. Not
0: the mayor. So, guess what? We got,
1: uh, you know, John Leary just uh, threw this out to me, looking it up on NFL.com right now. Looks like Josh Freeman has a concussion, and Christian Ponder might get the start now for Minnesota. Good Lord. <laughs> that's a mess in Minnesota. Where's jo- Isn't Joe Webb
0: actually still on the roster in he's, Minnesota? He's a wide
1: receiver now.
0: Joe Webb at quarterback would be better than Christian Ponder. Joe
1: Webb, when Joe Webb has played quarterback... For the Vikings, I enjoyed watching Joe Webb play.
0: He has more playoff starts than the other guys combined.
1: No question about it.
0: Give him the chance. Why the hell not? Well, Your season is done. Bereft of life, the Vikings rest in peace. They've gone to meet the choir invisible. They are an ex parrot I,
1: I will laugh if fun. Christian Ponder comes in and throws for like four touchdowns and gets them a win. I'll laugh.
0: Sam Ponder might be able to do that, but not Christian.
1: That's
0: awful. Oh, that's awful.
1: Oh man, Christian Ponder man, your wife is a better quarterback than you is what we just realized.
0: Yeah, she. She. she hop and do it. All
1: right, Jim. That's it for our show. Little, we won't be. We won't be here for Friday though.
0: Yes, because uh, we're going to go and uh, just spend 24 hours singing Friday, Friday with Rebecca Black. It'll we're be- going to party. Party and party. No, we're not.
1: We have some previous engagements which we won't be here for, but we will be back Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern time.
0: We will recap the NFL. We will recap uh, what will be what three, four games into the World Series at that point. Yes, sir. Uh, so a lot, a busy show on Monday. We we may need to go longer than sixty Monday to capture everything. But we also
1: have to say too, on Wednesday is going to be a really good show. Yes, it is. Joining us is actor D.B. Sweeney. Yes. Talk about his new movie, The Underdogs, as well as we'll throw some questions at him about the cutting edge and Eight Men Ma- Out. I'm sure we'll do that as well, and talk about some other projects he has going on. And uh, you know what? Maybe we'll even find out what teams DB Sweeney loves in what sport. Well, I mean, it's going to be a good one.
0: Sports fan? Come on, he has to be considering what movies he's been a part of.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, he, it's you know he takes on sports roles, so uh, it's going to be great to uh, have DB uh, one of my. Uh, one of my favorite actors, so uh, it, it'll be a pleasure to have Come him on, uh, join say, us on Wednesday.
0: He's one of your main men.
1: Yes, he is, he is one of my main men. All right. That is yeah. the truth. All right, man, so we want to thank our listeners for tuning in today, and we hope you all have a great, great rest of the week and weekend. and We will see you back here on Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. So for Jim Williams, I'm Jonathan Ragus. We'll see you then.
0: Yes, we will, won't we?
1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues.